When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. NASCAR Cup racing from St. Louis. It's a mile and a quarter oval like no other. Thank you guys for this opportunity, man. I've been waiting for this all my life. Can you think of any better day than today to go get that first win? Man, I can't see anything but the front stretch and a little bit of pit road. Going to shoot up some cannons on your underback stretch just so you know. Not all mighty. Got Michael Bay film on the back stretch. Dude, I felt it from inside the car. The green flag is in the air and we are underway. Chuck's hot and slick today. Mid three, even top, half back on your bottom. Quite huge. Amarola as Look well. Look at this little dive bomb. With pace drop off, the front's going down, or the shaft's going up. What's happening? Man, I just don't have any lateral on exit. Pull it through down. Try and get down to the bottom now if you can. Chase Briscoe from the pole at the first 27 laps, and then a snake bit his left rear tire. What a bucket of piece of junk. Green and white checkered flag out. Austin Sindrick is going to capture stage one. Yeah, man. Yeah, clean air is the premium. We saw three wide and four wide on the opening start, and we're back to green. Just back to door. So their corner clear. Gary Hamlin gets hit from behind by Washington State. He blocks the outside safer barrier. Hold it up there. Hold it up there. Caution's out. And we're done. What happened to the 11th left rear or right front? He got put in the wall by the one. I put a tire on it. Destroyed it. Here we go. Still out there on your tight, really tight. You're clear. Oh, oh my God. Boy, handle that after the race. Don't worry about it. The power just said they think you made your uh, point. <laughs> You're right. Oh, round goes. The nine, Chase Elliott. Oh, nice. The board got him another one. I think the one car had something to do with this. That kid needs an ass whipping. If we get a chance, let's not mess it up like we left did. Oh, yeah, no worries on that. Chase Elliott and Ross Chastain, that pair going at it. Stay on your toes here. Nice side direction here, officer. Well, this has gotten ridiculous. I mean, NASCAR just needs to park both of them. <laughs> one back trying to wreck it. Bumper. Oh, turn three. three. Bubba Wallace. He got a shot going into turn three. Yeah, I got something that'll bury him, so he'll find out sooner or later. I think a little hard there. I was just going to move him up a little bit after he chopped our nose off on that. Got a little aggressive there. Denny saw that firsthand, saw his car getting wrecked and didn't like it. Running 30th. What did you wreck it from 30th for? 
stage flag right here. Kurt Busch, your stage two winner. All right, man, good job on that. Got the bonus point. Car drove just like practice. Clean air, loose, perfect. Yeah, simple. We got a short, about 93 lap race. We'll just keep charging forward. Okay, man, 12 cars are fast as one right now. 12 is the best car right now. He's around the bottom of three and four. Somebody get into him. Drives like crap back here. I'd say this will be the last stop. The Jack Stapp's in half. Get out of the Jack. Sorry, we put you in a bad spot. It's been the best car all day. I know. We've been the best car all day. Derek Jones takes the restart green. Oh, here goes Kyle Busch around Jones. 40 laps to go. Oh, Ricky Stenhouse. We're all through there. Keep digging. There's the cop. is out. 22 to the inside for the lead. Cole Custer uh -oh. will bring out the ninth caution flag of the day. That's the 38. Yeah, what the f*** was that? Caution. You got the wall hard, guys. I don't know what happened. Failure. Frank Rutter blew out or something. Here we go, it's overtime. Legato, Kyle Bush, side by side the lead. You got push, he does that. He has no push, he has no push. Kyle Bush drives it way off into the corner. Crossover coming. You're clear, you're clear. You're still clear, still clear. Come on down, come on. Legato wins it. Second place will be Kyle Bush. Welcome to TrackSmack. You're on TrackSmackRadio.com. Don Hall here with you once again, along with Mike Haig from RaceASA.com. Uh, we are here. We are listening once again to Radioactive, courtesy of Fox Sports, NASCAR on Fox uh, and NASCAR in general. And that was another good one. That's all the audio, not all of it, but uh, that's a good, nice little wrap up of what took place at the inaugural running uh, of the Cup Series races there in St. Louis at Gateway. Mike? Yeah. Wow. What a no. freaking race we had on our hands. Yeah. The, the inaugural Enjoy Illinois 300 presented by Ticket Smarter. At Worldwide Technology Raceway, Don, Madison, Illinois. And, uh, you know, the, the first time the Cup Series has been there. We've had the, uh, what, Xfinity and Trucks here before, I believe. And there's also a drag strip there in, uh, close to the track. And, um, man, uh, good to see NASCAR in a, in a new venue. And, wow, the, those guys put on a hell of a show Sunday. Man, did they ever. I mean, we went into the race uh, expecting there to not be a lot of passing, um, is what, what you had heard that there, there wouldn't be a lot of passing that would go on and people weren't sure really what to expect. They were five wide in some places and there was passing going on like crazy and guys getting into each other, guys die bombing the other ones. Um, you know, people getting pissed off and 
<clears throat> going after other people for Rex to teammates and, yeah. <laughs> and to uh, different teams. It was just pandemonium, and I loved every second of it. Yeah, I did too, Dawn. And, uh, you know, just uh, going through the, the results here uh, with, you know, Logano getting the win, what a great win that was, and a great battle with Kyle Busch there in the uh, overtime period. Uh, man, that could have gone e- either way. <laughs> That's the way these finishes sh- should always be. But uh, Kyle Busch ends up getting second. Then it was Kurt Busch in third. Uh, he had a really good run on on Sunday as well. And then Blaney, who was dominant for most of the day, uh, finishes fourth. But uh, here's where it gets impressive here. Eric Amarola, great, strong fifth fifth mm-hmm. place finish. Good to see him up there. Uh, Martin Truex Jr. was sixth. Eric Jones, we've been talking about him. Here he is again in the top ten. Uh, he finished his seventh. Ross Chastain, <laughs> there's a lot to talk about him tonight. We'll yes. definitely discuss him, but he finished eighth. Christopher Bell was ninth, and A.J. Allmendinger was in tenth spot. And then you go down the list, and there's a bunch of other guys that had a good good day, too, as well. So um, I was impressed. And the other thing I was impressed at, Don, um, 12 lead changes among nine different drivers. So yeah. we had um, a lot of guys getting up there leading laps and uh, – Ten cautions. You mentioned the, some of the stuff that happened there, but ten caution flags for fifty-three laps. So we had a uh, again just some good, good, uh, good racing on Sunday at the at that track. Yes, yes, we did. And I tell you what, uh, we were talking about some of the guys that finished, and there was audio. There was audio um, that we're not going to play tonight, but I invite you to go and check out on Twitter on. Um, Sirius NASCAR radio, Sirius XM's channel 90 station that they have. There was audio there from Joy Logano talking about racing Kyle Busch and how, and there was something that he said, he said, except for one time that he can remember in his entire career where they got into each other and they ended up getting into a, you know, a fist fight. If you, and we all remember the fist fight. Um, yeah. But he said, other than that, <laughs> They now he's like, you know, there's no love loss between us. I don't really like him and I don't think he likes me, but we race each other relatively clean. We respect each other and we race each other hard. And he talked about the fact that, you know, the two of them there at the end, the I mean, they were going back and forth with, uh, I mean, passing each other and 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 the slide jobs and and the crossovers and stuff. And uh, it was hard racing, but clean racing and everything that you want to see. Well, sometimes you want to see some dirty racing, too. But um, but I mean, it was nice to see the two of them going at it and nice to hear. You know, Kyle Busch at the end just basically said, you know, they just didn't. He got really loose in four and almost lost it. But, you know, you didn't hear him like putting blame on other people or passing off excuses and stuff. It was just hard racing. Hard racing. And and, and you're right. And it was great to see him, you know, not, you know, complaining like he normally does. But but Kyle, uh, I think Kyle knew, you know, uh, that's the way racing ought to be. And, And when it goes down like that and. You know, the fans got their money's worth, and boy, they had a good crowd Sunday, uh, sold out. Yeah, it was an amazing was sold crowd. out crowd. So, and you know, there was pictures from after the race, and this is what's cool. Supposedly, the facilities put on a hell of an event. They had pre-race concerts that that happened. They had concerts that were going on throughout the weekend, and then they had a post-race concert. And they were showing pictures, and Mike, it was like nobody left. I mean, there was tons of people who stayed after the race for the concerts and, and all the events and stuff that they had out there. So very successful 
uh, debut Cup Series race out there at Gateway. I definitely, and you heard the guys, you'll hear Joey Logano say he can't wait to get back there. Mm-hmm. Um, other guys say the same thing. And one thing I want to point out before we listen to, to Joey is, um, because I'll forget, I, and I'm going to be shocked when I say this, but I thoroughly enjoyed the booth coverage with Michael Waltrip in there yeah. along with Clint Boyer. And then when they had Kenny Wallace in there as well, too, that was fun. <laughs> but Michael and Clint have great chemistry together. Yeah. And the Fox might want to consider moving him in the, to the booth permanently next season, you know, with Clint, that might be a good working combination. Well, I mean, you know, I, Michael's a polarizing person and you know, it's like you, you either love him or you hate him. And I mean, I think sometimes he acts, you know, really, really goofy and, and, and stuff, <laughs> but he's very knowledgeable and he's very good in the booth. I, yeah. I mean, I think that he has, he brings a really nice balance um, there. And, you know, he, I loved when he would talk about Ross Chastain, you know, he had watched, he's covered the cut, the truck series for long enough that he knows a lot of these younger guys, you know, mm-hmm. from the, when they've come up in the truck series, but listening to him talk about Ross, listening to him talk about, I mean, he loves Daniel Suarez, loves Daniel mm-hmm. Suarez and listen to him talk about uh, Daniel and, and then just, you know, some of the other guys, but to get that racer's point of view and stuff. Um, I don't know. I just, I really enjoy And, and there was just something yeah. about, I didn't feel like Clint had to work as hard at being funny. It's like he, <laughs> I don't know. It just, it was a great, nice balance with them. I really enjoyed it. It really was, Don. And um, I used to, you know, I've always enjoyed Michael Waltrip on the uh, truck coverage, you know, broadcasting the truck races. And I remember when Rick Allen and Phil Parsons and Michael were in there, I always thought that trio of broadcasters did a great job. And and, um, so, yeah, you know, Michael brings a lot of uh, insight into the sport. He's a former racer and he's won different races before different tracks and he's competed long enough to know enough about stock car racing that he can deliver that during a broadcast and do a damn good job at it. Well, I, I loved it. I loved the week before during the Xfinity series. I love when the drivers take over the booth. Um, I, yeah. I love that, but um, I'm a huge Adam Alexander fan too. I, I like Adam Alexander. I think he's great in the booth. And so I like to listen to him during truck series races and stuff. He's just one of those people that anybody can come in the booth and, and he just seems to be able to mesh with them. Um, but, but it was, it was great. And so, uh, we have Joey Logano coming away with the win, like we said, in the overtime. And we've got lots of audio, post-race audio. And I have to say, Joey normally gets booed quite a bit. But, Mike, this crowd either, either A, they just really enjoyed and were appreciative of what they saw there mm-hmm. in the final. Or, you know, maybe Joey's starting to make some new fans or something people appreciate. I don't know. But he, great reception here in the post-race interviews. Yeah, you'll definitely hear it in this one. So here's uh, Joey Logano on the front straightaway with Jamie Little. Here we go. Joey, I don't know what it is. You've got a knack for winning at places we go to for the first time. And here, Gateway, what does it mean to you to win the first time here in a packed house? Oh, packed house. Thanks for coming out, guys. I hope you guys enjoyed that race. It doesn't get much better than that. Race in front of Lee like that with Kyle, one of the best. It was a lot of fun and crossing each other back and forth. I knew it was coming. So I did it to him. I knew he was going to do it to me. And He's able to cross back and forth there a couple of times in the last lap there. And uh, good uh, show, Penzo Mustang, for sure. Nice to get a few wins on the season here. Start collecting those points but uh, and playoff points. But I'm out of breath. <laughs> Jamie, I'm way out of breath here. Uh, what, a, uh, what a great car, though. Really fast. And I kind of messed up in qualifying. And uh, Paul made a great call, putting two tires on. Blaney did a great job with the push down in the one, which 
uh, kept me close at least and be able to make the move. Uh, so good racing there. Well, we watched your crew chief, Paul Wolf. I think he was sweating it out there when we had a couple of restarts there. But you mentioned it. What was it like? What's going through your mind when you're trying to decide which lane to choose and, and if your teammate's going to be behind you to help you out? Well, that's what I was hoping that Blaney would, would choose with me and uh, get a good teammate move there and then being able to push me and, and give uh, Team Penske a chance to win the race. And uh, that was cool to see that Ford power lined up on the bottom, uh, lining that up. So that was that was special to see. And um, like I said, but it's a good race crossing each other. I mean, who'd have thought we'd have slide jobs like that here? I, I thought we'd be running uh, towards the bottom and we're running way up top and crossing each other. It was, it was a lot of fun to race here and uh, looking forward to coming back. All right, Joey Logano wins it at Gateway. Yeah, how about that crowd, Don? <laughs> yeah, it was a it was a great crowd. I'm I mean they uh, our friends the the Lowrys Ann and Dan Lowry from Kerrville, Texas. Uh, they were there and in attendance, and so um, hell that might have been half the reason the crowd was so loud because Ann boy you'll she'll make <laughs> sure that you hear that she's she's around and everybody knows her so in the garage area. Uh, and in a good way, but anyway, yeah, no, it well, was, it was, they, they were treated to a great race. Yeah, they definitely were. And I was following them on uh, their social media page on Facebook and all the pictures and they, they, they really got around the facility and took some great pictures and they had a good time. I can't wait to see him talk to him about that next time we see him at uh, Texas Motor Speedway. So, uh, glad that the Lowry's got out there and everything. So anyway, but, um, Next, we have uh, Logano again. Claire B. Lang caught up with him on pit road, and here's what he had to say. You know, it's all about the push, and it's kind of funny because you kind of had teammates lined up on either side and, and even brothers on the top side there. So, uh, But I knew Blaney would be loyal to me. When he picked the bottom, I thought, okay, this is my chance here, uh, and had a good push and uh, got me ahead in the one. And at that point, I said, I, I, my only chance here is to slide him and and then he crossed me, and then I knew it was coming again in three and four and was able to cross him back. So uh, really fun race, uh, good, hard racing um, right down to the end. And um, he got me on the restart before that, and I was uh, nice to be able to get it back at the end. You know, it was aggressive, but it was clean. It was really a good race if you were watching it. You were up on it, and a really solid win to be able to get that win with what was going on. Woo. Oh, absolutely. Woo. Yeah, it was just a... a intense race and uh paul did a nice job calling the two tires that's what gave us a track position and then uh had a car that was capable of running up there we've had a really fast shell penzo mustang all weekend and so just had the attract position once we had that it was all about just uh positioning yourself towards the front and there you go don and one 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 thing i want to say is you know i mentioned there were nine uh drivers that led 12 lead changes among nine drivers but logano only led twice for 22 laps but it was he was there when it mattered yeah, and that's what, what, what counts. So good, good, good for him. And he, he had a great run there at the end for sure. You know, it, we, we say this a lot about Kyle Busch and I, and I've said it about Joey Logano. I've said it about Brad Keselowski and others, but Joey, especially, you know, you may not like the guy, but you have to acknowledge and appreciate his talent. The guy can drive and like Clinton and were saying in the booth, hey, he is not afraid either to move you out of the way for the win. Neither is Kyle Busch. So that's why we were like, OK, what are we going to get? I mean, you know, neither one of them. They're both very aggressive drivers, but yeah, talented. 
<laughs> to think about that. And then Kurt Busch is right there, you know, within striking distance in third place, battling with Blaney. And I was I was wondering if the two, if Kyle and uh, and Denny were going to take each other out. And I was thinking maybe Kurt could slip in there and get the win. You never know how that could have gone there at the end of that race. No, and, and during the post-race when they were covering – uh, getting ready for Logano, they were showing – they had shown Kyle getting out of his car and he was standing there and Kurt came up and talked to him and they were having a pretty animated conversation and I kind of wish that we would have gotten to hear because yeah. I didn't know if they were just discussing what had gone on or was Kyle pissed because he didn't feel like his brother pushed him or got to him to help him or, you know, what was the what was the, the scenario there, but – um, big story though. I mean, of course the, they're at the end, the crossover and, and everything there on the final, uh, restart of the overtime, but bigger issues, bigger story than that during the race. Um, it happened early on. It happened very early in the race with, between Ross Chastain and Denny Hamlin. Um, what I think, you know, well, I'll give my opinion on it here, here in a little bit, but they get into each other. And that just kind of starts the day off. And and it set in motion. I mean, Denny ended up being a part of this throughout quite a bit of the day. But, I mean, it set in motion what seemed to kind of become a theme at this track with people, like, wanting to take each other out. It wasn't just Denny either, like, with yeah. people. It was just – it was a crazy race. People were getting into each other, and I, it was it was it was crazy. But Denny and Ross kicked it all off. <laughs> Definitely. So uh, there was a lot of beating and banging going on, and and you kind of wondered if they were going to be called to the hauler after the race. But we'll get into that in a minute. But uh, I guess we'll go ahead and hear Ross's side of the story first. Um, he basically said that uh, he messed up, and here's here's the interview with Jamie Little with Ross Chastain. Well, a big story, of course, was Ross Chastain earlier on, and you in the eleven, and then you in the nine. Take us back from your perspective, Ross, and what happened between you two. It was terrible driving, Jamie. I just, it's one thing to do it once, but I just kept driving into guys. And at this level, I'm supposed to be better than that. And it's, it's just shame for Moose and Nathan Health and Jockey and Worldwide Express. And have all these people believing in me and Justin Marks and Pitbull to put me in this car. They deserve better. Will you go talk to him? I will, yeah. I, I owe half the field an apology, and it's words aren't going to fix it. So I'll have to pay for it on the track and almost did today. And then I deserve everything that they do. I just I can't believe that I continue to make the same mistakes and overdrive the corners and drive into guys. I, I like, had time under caution to, like, get reset. And we go green, and I drive into somebody. It's terrible. Thanks, Ross. So there you go. What do you think about that? Well, you know, it was funny because when I listened to him, I'm like, okay, we've had Justin Mark's uh, audio on for weeks about when it come, uh, about how he feels about Ross Chastain. And immediately, everything he has said was validated. Ross yeah. is like his worst enemy or his worst critic, I should say. I mean, he you would have thought the guy killed somebody. I mean, and I hate to say it like that, but... <laughs> All I saw personally, and I mean, I know I, you know, he's not going to sit here and, and make stuff up about himself. So if he was, you know, overdriving is the, the corners is what he said. But I saw a guy and from what I heard from the guys in the booth, he just had an extremely fast car that was the, a loose car, which is like what he likes to drive with anyways. Mm -hmm. And he was able to get to the inside. He was basically dive bombing people, but yeah. he, he was able to because a 
he is that good of a driver. He's an aggressive driver, but he just had such a fast car that he was able to do that and maneuver that way. And then, you know, for whatever reason, I mean, I, again, it, was it him? Was he not? Was he misjudging? I don't know. But he got into Denny and took out Denny, which I think was yeah. probably what he was mainly talking about. And then Denny made it his mission throughout the rest of the race to just get in his way every every opportunity he could. And And I mean, it was literally four times at least, five times that I counted where if Ross Chastain was anywhere in his vicinity, Denny yeah. screwed with him, got up next to him, got in front of him, cut him off, you know. Oh, yeah. He was doing everything he could. And there was plenty of guys both in the booth and, I mean, guys on the radio, drivers, crew chiefs, spotters talking about it was completely ridiculous and getting out of hand that, you know, it was going to cost somebody big time because um, it was just, it was, it was, it wasn't retaliation. It was just being a dick. I mean, for lack of a better <laughs> word, I mean, I'm sorry. It was just straight up dick mode. So yep. uh, what did you think? I thought the same thing. And, uh, but, but Ross had a few, few more things to say, Don. Yeah, so before we, we before we hear from Denny, Let's hear a little bit more from Ross and I want to see what you think about this. So here's Ross Chastain again. And I, and I did that. I, just for him and the nine, the 34, like so many guys, I just, I just was way off on my driving today and running into people is not acceptable at this level. And I cannot believe standing here right now that I just did so many mistakes back to back. It's one thing for one, but yeah. Absolutely drove over my head today. I messed up. Um, Anything else you want to add about that? You feel like you made mistakes both on the incident with Hamlin and the incident with Chase? Definitely with Chase. That was a complete just I overdrove three and slid my left front getting in. It's not it's that's not an excuse by any means. I just completely blew the corner and then I got the middle of three and I should not have been there. It's just terrible driving on my part. Like should not be in this car if I'm gonna do that. Wow. And he you know, he manned up and said it and um I was impressed with that, but um he uh he really <laughs> He had some issues, Don, and that's yeah. not like anything we've seen this year, really. Yeah, he did. And, you know, that's what I was talking about. The The incident with Chase, yes, mm -hmm. he got into Chase. Oh, I mean, he yeah. got into him big time. Um, that was the one thing that I, I did see. But there was some other things, you know, I mean, again, the, the deal that happened there at the very beginning with, with Denny. Um, but other than that, I don't really recall seeing too much other stuff i mean but because i saw so many other guys getting into each other that I, I i guess i just didn't even think about it plus i was so fixated on watching denny yeah into everybody um i mean it, it started out with just ross chastain but then and and we're gonna hear from denny with the yeah. issue with ross but um let you know what let's do that first and then we'll discuss denny's yeah. other other trials throughout the day so here's denny's side of the story here here we go with uh, here's Denny's interview with Jamie Little. We just talked to Ross Chastain. He took full blame. He said he can't believe he keeps making these mistakes and he deserves what he gets. How do you deal with him moving forward? Yeah, I mean, uh, it, it's good. You know, it takes responsibility, but you know, ultimately, uh, you know, it it, it uh, ruined our day. And um, 
you know, I, I think we were kind of racing hard there for a while on him on the inside, and um, he tried to keep sliding up in front of us and wasn't able to because I wasn't willing to just back off and let him slide up in front. And, uh, you know, it, it didn't take long after he tucked it behind us that uh, it, it wrecked us. So, I mean, it, yeah, the unfortunate part is it didn't look like he got too shy after that because I think he got the nine after that one. But, um, yeah, you just uh, – yeah, you just, you know, we, we all have learned the hard way and, and, you know, we've all had it, uh, had to come back around on us and, you know, it'll be no different. So there you go. <laughs> well, and, and you know, yeah. Mike, he said something no. interesting uh, and, and I'm going to say, and I'm, I'm playing devil's advocate and I'm not trying to be anti-Denny here, but there was something that he said, and it's, it's one of those situations where, you know, where we like, just we in general as people will talk about something and we're giving our side of something yeah. and, we, and we're not hearing what we're saying. But when I hear Denny and I hear Denny talk about, you know, well, he kept trying to, you know, do this from the inside and I wouldn't let him, you know, so then he got me from behind. Well, that's when it's one of those things where I start to think to myself, well, if you saw that he kept trying and it's that early in the race, what, where's the give and take? Why didn't you let him slide up in front of you? If you had that good of a race car, like you were talking about how good you were, you would have gotten back up in front or you would have done it on the next lap or something. So, I mean, I guess it's one of those things where if it's looking back in hindsight, I always hear drivers talking about give and take. There's a give and take. And it didn't sound like, I mean, basically what Denny just said is, you know, Ross kept trying to do this move and do this move. And he was, he basically said he wasn't successful in it because I wasn't letting him be successful in it. So that's why I'm saying it's like, okay, well, you know, you're not giving and him continuing trying to take ended up in what we got. And that was your ass into the wall and run for the day. Yeah. And he finishes 34th and uh, only uh, completing 234 laps. There are only 36 drivers in the, in the race. So this was not a good race for, for Denny to finish like that. So, well, one of the things that I did like, (laughs) Denny's one of these people where it's like, I respect him as a driver, but he's another one that like, in my opinion, cries wolf a lot and yet doesn't take accountability for a lot of things. But I will say, um, and you mentioned this last week when we were talking about the the Bubba Wallace documentary and how you got to see a different side of Denny as far as the car owner goes. And and it is kind of cool, you know, because you do get to see this other side while he's trying to balance being a race car driver for Joe Gibbs racing. Yeah. You know, he's also yeah. trying to balance being a, a car owner, a mentor, you know, a leader, the whole and, you know, and and for his sponsors and everybody got a lot of shoes to fill. He does. Um, and he's he's always been kind of a volatile guy. I mean, he's yeah. emotional. You know, that's just he's an aggressive guy. Um, so, you know, you put all that other extra stuff on him. Well, I will say I thought it was kind of cool because. I like Ricky Stonehouse as a as a guy as a person. He's a great person to interview. He's 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 a likable guy. He's nice. Um, yeah. as a driver, I like to make fun of him because it's like, it just seems like every week he's in the wall at some point, either, either he's going to be up there in contention because he's just, he drives, he likes a loose vehicle and he drives mm-hmm. by the seat of his pants, but nine times out of 10, he's going to get in the wall at one point or yeah. the other. And it usually happens at the end of the race and, and changes the complexity. Um, well, he got into Bubba Wallace, just drove straight oh, through yeah. Bubba. I mean, yeah. he, he plowed him. And 
Denny, it was right in front of Denny. And at that point, Denny had already been taken out by Ross and he was already, you know, fit to be tied. And then, like he said, he's like, they're back there. I mean, uh, Ricky's driving for 30th position. Why are you driving through people when you're in 30th? Yeah. And so next thing I know, there's Denny trying to take out <laughs> – <laughs> trying to take out Stenhouse too, you know, he's roughing him up and getting up in him and driving him up towards the wall and stuff. And yeah. that was just the car owner in him. But you know, there was part of me that was, I was happy to see it because for two things, Mike, a, because he is legitimately a title ship, you know, contender or a title yeah. contender. Um, he does drive for one of the bigger powerhouse teams and, you know, and so for him to put himself out there and do it, the main reason is because we, like we've talked about, Bubba and Kurt have gotten caught up in so many other people's crap, you know, the last few weeks and ruined legitimately good race cars and, and uh -huh. good finishes that they could have. And here's Bubba just out there doing his thing, racing, and Ricky Stenhouse decides he's going to drive straight up through the back end of him. And so yeah. I liked it. I liked seeing that ownership side and i have a feeling maybe i don't know i mean bubba's a hard person to read so i don't know how he felt about it but i'm sure deep down like that has to make him feel good too that no you know my owner's there my owner had my back you know he yeah you know, so kind of deal because that legitimately i don't care what the haters what the bubba wallace haters want to say that bubba was not doing anything except driving his race car ricky stenhouse drove up there like a you know, like a snowplow. So I, anyway, crazy, crazy Denny drama that day. It was just um, something yeah. funny. And then it kept on, Mike, after the yeah. race in the next day with owner, track house racing owner, Justin Marks, yeah. um, or co-owner, I should say. And Justin, you know, is friends with a lot of these guys because Justin drove for so long in the series. And so, like, while he's talking, I believe he was on with Dave Moody. He's got Denny Hamlin text messaging him <laughs> as he's talking shit about Denny Hamlin. <laughs> well, we're we're, we're going to hear from Justin Marks in just a second. But I have one more audio of Denny I want to play real quick. I am so sorry. I get no, ahead of myself. That, no, that's okay. So here's Denny Hamlin again with a little bit more on, on Sunday's reaction there. Okay. <laughs> There's something going on between the no. two of you, no. or do you think he just... No, I... Okay. Yeah, I thought he was just kind of being aggressive. I think he got uh, inside of us, and he kept trying to slide us, um, and he would wash up the track kind of right into the door um, for three laps in a row, and then finally it just tucked him behind us and, and ran the back of us. So uh, it's just, I mean, it's the choices you make. Do you, uh, do you feel like you did enough to kind of make his day... Um, difficult. That difficult. I mean, I know I he made finished it more yeah, I made it more difficult, but you know, I didn't touch his car, and um, you know, but it's we we we're a miserable day. We we went from running up front to limping around a car eight laps down or whatever we were all day. So you know, you're just you're gonna have to you're just gonna have to weigh the odds of when's the right time to make sure that they get the message. You gave him a warning. Elliot gave him a warning. What more? Do you need to do? Uh, you got to do more. You have to do more than that. Uh, there are no warnings. I mean, you just can't. You know, you just when you make decisions, and you know, obviously he wasn't shy after um, you know our, our contact. I mean, it, it, it seems like there's there's no sense of uh, conscience there that says that maybe I'm, I'm going a bit aggressive. Uh, but you know, 
that's his decision to make. He can make any decision that uh, he wants to, honestly. It's, uh, he's his own guy. He's been very successful uh, doing what he's doing, but ultimately, um, yeah, sport is self-policing. Uh, at least suspect it when it means the most is when you uh, when it comes back around. Just, you gotta just you have to just sense these guys are get their attention. Uh, but it's, gonna, it's gonna have to be meaningful. It's gonna be a meaningful day. And that's with uh, Bob Pockers there. Lee Spencer was in on that interview, and uh, so was Claire B. Lang. So courtesy of Fox uh, and, uh, and NASCAR there, the audio there, Don. So. And again, the irony of it all, of Denny <laughs> talking about people needing to self-police themselves as he's out there, <laughs> you know, <laughs> taking people out. And, uh, and you know, okay, he, he did say something, though, because they asked him, you know, do you feel like you did enough to – screw with his day or whatever. I mean, he, he still got a top 10 finish, which to me speaks volumes of Ross Chastain that he was still yeah. able to come away. Um, I have to tell you though, and again, not always the biggest any Hamlin fan, but I kind of like the approach of just of total dick mode and just screwing yeah. with people the rest of the race because there's two <laughs> ways to do it. Well, there's three ways you can either leave them alone and you, you know, pick it up at a, like at this week at a road course where it's easier to get away with, you know, oh, retaliation yeah. or something, spinning. That's somebody. where it'll come probably. Right. Right. Or a short track. Um, You can do that or you can get back out on the track and take them out, (laughs) put them in the wall and take them out. Very true. You can do what Denny did, which I don't feel like we see enough of. And you just be a pain in the ass and a nuisance and you get in their way. You don't get in the car. You know, you're not trying to wreck them. You're just slowing them down, and and then you're like, okay, did you remember the movie Ferris Bueller's Day Off? Oh yeah, yeah. Remember at the end when uh, the dad is trying to drive home and and to get to the house, and the little old lady is in the big car, and she can't see over the steering wheel, and the car is just going different. (laughs) (laughs) That's what that was. What Denny looked like? He was just in people's way. (laughs) He looked like the little lady with the beehive. That's Uh, right. (laughs) So anyway. But I liked it. I thought it was kind of funny, actually. And so, but but again, it's even more funny listening to him in the post-race interview trying to talk about people needing to self-police themselves and, you know, getting in people's way and you know, driving aggressively. And I'm like, okay, and which part of those were you not doing today? Or, yeah. you know, what makes it different? And then I start to think to myself, Mike, Denny's a car owner. Yeah. You cannot tell me, though that he wouldn't give his two eye teeth or whatever to <laughs> have that contract of Ross Chastain and have Ross Chastain driving one of his cars. Cause um, Ross Chastain has proven he's a damn, and you can see, Mike, I mean, you can see, or maybe it's just me. Don't you sense like these veterans, these guys, Ross Chastain's in their head. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah he, he's got them um, wondering, you might say, yeah. and that's, that's what I love. It's a mind game being played right now. The watermelon man playing the game. Playing the game. Well, let's go ahead and hear from Justin Marks, the car owner here. And here's what Justin had to say. I'm here for it. Like I, I, I'm, I'm ready. Like I, I, um, I mean, Denny's texting me right now as we're talking actually. Um, and you know, it's, 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 um, the drama, the controversy, you know, I'm, I, uh, there's, I mean, I guess there's a lot of talk in this sport, right? There's a lot of time we spend telling everybody what we're going to do and not a lot of time doing it. So, um, so if, 
if they want to play, it'll be, it'll be fun. I mean, the thing is, I, I've, I've said this a number of times, Dave, like I'm a huge fan of the sport. And I love, you know, entertaining fans and, and doing stuff out there that gets the conversation going. So um, if we want to battle, like let's, let's battle. I mean, I'm not, um, I'm not, uh, I'm not going to shy away from that. Um, but again, the end of, but at the end of the day, I mean, I'm also not driving the car myself. So um, I don't know. We'll just, we'll see what happens, I guess. Wow. <laughs> I love Justin Marks. I want to get him on the show so bad. Yeah. I, I I think he is great as an owner for the sport. Yeah, that he definitely is. I like that he's kind of putting himself out there too. Like you know, he like he's almost instigating. He's like poking the bear, sort of, and and I like it. Um, but you know, but from from what people have said. And, and again, I mean, I knew of Justin Marks as a driver, but I didn't know Justin Marks as a driver. If And from what going back and reading and stuff, I mean, listening to competitors and stuff, talk about him, he was an aggressive driver and he didn't oh, take yeah. shit from people at all. No. And he's going to let some of this happen. I think. Well, let his drivers do, you know, let him loose a little bit. And, you know, poor guy, he's sitting here balancing that. And again, we've, we've heard him talk about how, delicate he is with Ross Chastain because of Ross, you know, and just how he gets down on himself and doesn't believe in himself. And you saw that in the post-race interview, you know, firsthand, you know, and then you've got Daniel Suarez, who's a very confident guy who once again, I mean, amazing day out on the track, doing great with the 99 car, driving his ass off and his damn pit crew screws it up again for him. And the Jack breaks and yeah. ends up costing him. Uh, I just, you know, I hate that for him. But, uh, you know, he's as an owner, he's got to balance those emotions on both of these teams. But um, we did have Scott Miller uh, there with mm-hmm. NASCAR come on during the week to talk to us because everybody was wondering, well, we're going to see penalties. Was NASCAR going to slap the hands of Denny Hamlin and Ross and, you know, tell them to back that down? Or was it the boys have at it kind of thing? Uh, mm-hmm. And I know we got some audio from him. So here's what Scott Miller had to say about the uh, two drivers, Denny and Ross, on Sunday. Here we go. Certainly, we we don't we don't like to see things like that, but there's a certain amount of of you know we kind of have to let them handle it on their own somewhat. And 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 you know what we saw while we were annoyed by it, there was no there was no real contact. Neither one. I mean they they tried to make life miserable for us. We all witnessed that, but you know, at least we didn't see a blatant takeout or anything like that. And, you know, it was obvious from, it was obvious from Ross's post-race comments that, you know, you know, he, he, he's made some mistakes out there and, um, you know, uh, wants, wants to make it right. But, you know, it's, it's kind of up to those guys to sort it out and how it moves forward uh, from there, we'll, you know, obviously keep a close eye on them as we do in all these situations. Um, probably will you know, may have them in the trailer face to face to talk about it as we've done before. Um, we're, you know, we have our debrief, um, actually just after this call of, of the race weekends, we do that on, uh, Tuesday mornings. And, um, you know, we'll discuss that situation further and, and decide how we're going to move forward with it. Well, I know that you communicated to Denny Hamlin. You wanted to sort of back it down a little bit, which, you know, he, he did after a while. Did you talk to Denny or is that something else that you just maybe address as you go forward about that situation of what was communicated to him on Sunday, Scott? 
Uh, we haven't, we haven't spoken to, uh, we haven't spoken to any of the parties. It's usually better to kind of let, uh, let things die down and, and, you know, speak to them before we hit the track again, rather than, rather than do it, uh, rather than do it at the racetrack. We will do that if absolutely necessary, but in this situation where there was no sort of blatant takeout um, in retaliation, um, best to kind of let that calm down a bit and then have a word with them later. So that's what they're going to do. And uh, I have a feeling that, they may say something to him this weekend in Sonoma, but, you know, it, it may not be an issue. It may just all be pushed aside now. Who knows? Well, you know, it's going to be interesting because I, I, I wish I could be a fly on the wall with Justin Marks and Ross Chastain this week and, you know, during debriefs and stuff because they go into Sonoma. Uh, Ross Chastain, of course, won uh, at – circuit of the americas yeah. this, this year and so he's already got one road course under his belt he got into chase elliott there um this past weekend and of course we all know chase elliott loves road course races so chase is going to be immediately somebody to watch for uh at sonoma as well but if i'm justin marks i want ross hungry i want him you know angry i don't want him driving timidly or feeling like he has to take his edge off Coming yeah. into a road course like Sonoma, I need him. I need him pissed. You know, I I I need him to keep that aggression going. Um, he needs to have that aggressive side to him for the road course races. Uh, and again, I hope that we see you know a lot of what we saw at uh, Circuit of the Americas. We'll talk about this during our previews. But this car, the way that it's able to take a beating and stuff, should be interesting. Uh, <laughs> if if yeah. we see some retaliation as i'm doing air quotes yeah not just him you know some other guys too you know there's been some other feuds we've had this this <laughs> this past season and uh who knows what's going to happen I, I have to think back to all the rusty and dale uh shenanigans that went on <laughs> on some of the road courses over the years and you throw you know uh mark martin in there and tony stewart <laughs> there's been a lot of guys over the years that have had a lot of fun and caused a lot of mischief at these road courses. So uh, it should be a dandy of a race on Sunday. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. And, uh, and Truex too, you know, Mark Martin Truex Jr. Is um, kind of had an interesting season this, this year, Don, um, you know, he's um, contemplating possibly uh, retiring and he, he had a sixth place finish this past weekend in um, a gateway. And um, he just, he just lacks something in this season that I think, um, you know, he's not running as great as he has in the, in the past, in the past few years. So hopefully he, um, he'll be around, but, uh, I don't know the interview that they had that we have the audio kind of, it's kind of interesting. If you listen closely, I have a feeling that it might be coming to an end for him. Well, you know, Martin's another one of these guys that, um, has a lot on his plate in his personal life, um, you know, both with going through things, uh, with Mm -hmm. his girlfriend, Sherry and her cancer struggles and stuff. And then as well as, you know, they've gone on a journey together on trying to help children with cancer and, 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 and to help fight cancer in general. So, you know, Martin juggles a lot of, a lot of balls as well. Um, and, and, you know, he's never been one of those guys that makes excuses or anything like some of the others, but, yeah, there's there's definitely I don't know if it's a lack of aggression as is as it is maybe he just hasn't really been in a position 
that like a dominating position like we're used to seeing Martin Truex. Yeah. You know, when he gets on a roll, he gets on a roll. And he, really does. He, and he hasn't he just hasn't had that that opportunity yet this season no. so far. Uh but yeah, I want to hear the audio because Martin's one of those guys, he's not gonna sit and dance around the subject. He'll just kind of tell you. No, so here's an interview with him with Dave Moody, I believe, uh this from this past week. Here we go. It's it's uh it's you know, just one of those things I gotta and, and as I you know, I just gotta figure it all out. And you know, as I told you this this sport is not easy this is very hard it takes a lot of effort um it takes a lot of commitment and i've never been one in my life to do anything half-assed and if i'm going to sign that paper and say i'm going to you know i'm going to race again next year i want to make sure that i'm 100 percent committed because as i told you 95 percent does not get anything done so i'm getting close to figuring out what i'm going to do and uh you know, no matter what, I, I really, you know, obviously had a had a great career. I've had a lot of got to work with a lot of great guys, and and like I told you, that's been the funnest part. Just you know, all the people I've gotten to to meet and work with, and win races with, and championship, and all those things. It's been uh, it's been incredible. I would have never thought when I moved to North Carolina uh, that I would accomplish all that I have. So I've been lucky, um, but I'm not done yet, and uh, you know, we'll see what next year brings. So short of winning Sonoma on Sunday, is there anything left on your to-do list at this point? Well, I mean, obviously I'd love another championship. Um, Mm -hmm. Three seconds, three second place finishes with arguably the best car was, um, you know, something that's still hard to, it's still hard to think about, still hard to take. So um, that's the one I'm trying to overcome right now. And there you go, Don. And, you know, he is uh, fifth place in the standings right now. And he's had two uh, no wins yet this year. Uh, two top fives, uh, yeah, two two top fives, seven top tens. But he does have two DNFs this year, so that's the kind of the difference maker there. And uh, I still think Martin's going to get a victory before the playoffs start. I think he's if he can put put it all together, uh, I think he can do it. But uh, I sure would hate to see him leave the uh, sport. I really um, like him as a driver, and he's been a pretty good guy over the years. I think. Opens up a lot of talk there as well for uh, that's another opening. Then, you know, we had a lot of talk about Joe mm-hmm. Gibbs grandson coming in to mm-hmm. possibly the 18 car, but no one really thinking about the 19 car future. So uh, True. never know there. Uh, and then one other thing though, when it comes to Martin Truex mm-hmm. jr, part of Martin jr, Martin jr, Martin Truex is jr. Uh, <laughs> did I just say that part of Martin Truex jr's, <laughs> success throughout the years was his ex crew chief Cole Pern. Uh Cole and and Martin had great great chemistry and a great relationship and then Cole just out of the blue, you know, in the off season um decided he wasn't going to come back. Well, this weekend at Sonoma, we get a Cole Pern uh, Martin Truex Jr. special going on because Martin's normal engineer uh, is not going to be there this weekend. He has a wedding to attend. So they are bringing in Cole Pern to be a engineer on that team. Uh, the two of them have had a lot of success at Sonoma in the past. Um, I want to see how this works out because Cole has always been there in the crew chief role so now being the engineer it's going to be kind of interesting and then to see how uh his normal engineer 
handles it, having his ex, you know, crew chief as the, or not his normal engineer, his normal crew chief. Okay, I don't know. I just screwed that all up. But you know what I'm trying to say. (laughs) The chemistry, I want to see how the dynamics play out is what I'm trying to say. (laughs) Exactly. So, well, it it might be a winning combination, Dawn. I mean, there's a very good chance that um, just having him back may give him the confidence, may give him the the insight with the car and the setup and uh, the strategy and everything else that goes into winning these races, it might be the perfect combination to put it all together and get him in victory lane. I mean, this could be the race that he gets the first victory of the year. And yeah, definitely. Um, one of the other things we talk about every week, the TV ratings, um, Adam Stern, of course, from sports business journal always does the report usually on Monday or Tuesday, um, does the ratings and stuff. Um, Again, this race was the inaugural Cup Series race, so there's nothing really to compare it to. Uh, the Worldwide Te- Technology Raceway, it earned a 1.47 rating with a 2.502 million viewers on FS1 this past Saturday, which I think is that's pretty damn good for it yeah. being on FS1, especially. Um, speaking of Adam Stern, um, I spoke with him this past week. We talked about it last week on our show. And I spoke with him. He's on vacation this week. Um, and so he has said that he would love to come on the show with us. So tentatively, we are booked for next week having Adam on unless something else comes up or whatever. But uh, we will get Adam on and we can break down. Mike and finally learn like how the hell these ratings and stuff work. Yeah, I've, how always they, how wondered, these numbers. Yeah, I've always wondered how that works. We talked about that last week. And um, so I'm curious to know. Um, how Nielsen, I believe these are all Nielsen ratings, I believe, mm-hmm. how they uh, figure out how many people are watching these races, you know. Yeah, for sure. Uh, one other thing I wanted to discuss really quick uh, before we move on from our NASCAR news and notes is, you know, this past week at Gateway, we did not see Chris Busher in the car, in the 17 car, because he had tested positive for COVID. Um, Mike, I was talking to you off the air and asked if you saw our good friend Doug Rice had tweeted out that um, he knows of like five or six people uh, personally who have tested positive for COVID and are having a really hard time with it are, are really sick. And mm. then it, that just started a thread where basically the common theme throughout the thread is COVID has just taken over Mooresville, North Carolina area. Um, and, and again, you can imagine pretty much all of Mooresville is, is race shops. So yeah. all these guys and teams around each other, um, very interesting. I, I need to reach out and I'll do this. I should have done it today before we started recording, but I'm going to reach out to our, um, our good friend Matthew Kemp and stuff. I want to find out, and Philippe Lopez, I want to find out if they start um, testing and stuff again or how they're, if they're still doing that. I think they are. I think they're still doing weekly yeah. tests, but I, I could be wrong. But I, I, if you start to hear about more and more guys, drivers and crew members and stuff getting sick or testing positive, you watch how fast those COVID protocols come back into place. Yeah, and I'm afraid that COVID's on the on the comeback. It seems like uh, even around in the San Antonio area, I've heard more and more people. Uh, have, there's been some cases popping up, and people have tested positive. And um, some have reported just minor symptoms, and others have reported uh, feeling like absolute crap. So um, hopefully, um, we'll get a handle on this, and it won't get out of hand again. So yeah, we're we, do, we're do, we were doing so well for, for a while there. 
But you remember, you know, when we look back, it's the summertime because people get out. You know, everybody thinks, yeah. no, it's going to be the winter because you're all inside and you're all, you know. But while you're inside, you tend not to go out and get around other people and, um, you know, hang out and that kind of thing. Whereas in the summer, that's what you do. You hang out, you're, you know, going to the pool, going to the beach, going here, going there. And uh, it, you know, I don't know if it's the warm weather too. It just, you know, mutates easier or what, but it's definitely scary. It scares me too, because of everything going on with the economy and everything else right now. That's the last thing that we need is for, you know, anything to, to, to take off again with COVID. But yeah, um, but again, it'll be interesting to see. I, I'm not sure. I haven't seen if, if Chris Busher will be back this week or not. I haven't seen that yet. I haven't either. Um, any story so ho- yet. So hopefully he will. Okay. All right. Well, moving no. on. Are, are we ready to move no, on? No, I was going to say, yeah, let's move on to IndyCar. All right. Well, let's do it. So moving on to IndyCar, we <laughs> wrapped up another uh, IndyCar week there in Detroit, I believe it was. And, and Mike, yeah. if I'm not mistaken, I believe it was the final race there at that um, there at that facility. Yes, it is at Belle Isle. And Will Power got the win over Alexander Rossi. He had a pretty darn good race. He, he um he uh, led 55 laps of the race. He kind of dominated uh, throughout the day and uh, got the victory there. And uh, Scott Dixon was third. Joseph Newgarden was fourth. Pato Award was fifth. Alex Palou was, uh, let's see, uh, he was uh, sixth. Yeah, and uh, Pato was fifth. Marcus Erickson, winner of the Indy 500, was uh, seventh. And then we had Colton Herta in eighth, Simon Paginal was nine, and Felix Rosenquist ended up in tenth spot there. Don, there were, let's see, 20, 28 cars in the race. No, 26 cars in the race. And uh, hated to see Graham Rahal. Uh, he had uh, contact uh, early in the race and um, on lap five, I believe, with with Alio uh, Castroneves dropping out of the race with mechanical issues. But Graham finished at 26. I hated to see him not do well and in, in um cuz uh he uh, he's such a great driver and he's kind of had a rough season this year so far so that's the IndyCar results and uh I know we have some audio from Will Power correct yeah. yeah Will Power uh this is him in the post race press conference and here's what Will had to say about the win at Detroit here we go yeah it's very obviously very satisfying uh redemption from last year and, um, yeah, the last stint was just – it was good because it had such a gap. So on the outlap, it was really nice. You didn't get any of that cold. You can do a bit of damage on the cold tyres. So um was really cognizant of not slipping the tyre too much. And then just got in a rhythm and drove it really straight, really, really straight, which you can be very quick that way. Just You just, you know, you turn in you just a certain way you can drive when tyres are like that. Um, and the fact that the track had rubbered so much looked after them. So it wasn't, you know, it, they never like dropped. And I was like, oh my God, but I just looked after them just in case there was a battle at the end. So if I had to go hard at the end, I think I could have. Yeah, very cool to have a, a partner like Chevy. Um, I've been with them since 2012. And uh, yeah, we've, we've certainly uh, had a lot of fun together, won a championship, won an Indy 500. And, um, and, and a ride in the game this year again, and I can't thank them enough. They worked really hard, certainly improved over last year. We've got, we've got better better drivability, just better engine all around. So, um, yeah, really proud to get their 100th. 
yeah, the hundredth win there for Chevy. So um, great that he was able to get that. And he's uh, good to see willpower back in victory lane. Uh, seems like it's been a while. It has been a while. Uh, you know, it was so cool. Uh, we didn't really get a chance to talk about it too much. Um, I want to say it was uh, during the Indy 500 weekend. I think it was. Um, and if not, it was the week after, but Will hadn't seen his brother in like three years or something like that, especially because mm-hmm. of COVID. And you know, his brother is a professional comedian and he's hysterical and he makes fun of Will a lot in his comedy routines. If you haven't listened to him, uh, but they look a lot alike. I mean, they, they could yeah. almost be twins. Uh, anyway, and, and his brother surprised him with a visit there to see him. So, uh, I think Will is hysterical anyways, myself. So, um, it's always fun though to, cause you just never know what willpower you're going to get in victory lane or in, you know, post-race interviews and stuff. He's a fun one to get to interview. Definitely. And he, um, he's always a, you know, fan favorite and the, the crowd always likes him. And, um, but they're going to be, uh, returning the action right away, Don. They have a, you know, there's no time off from the Indy 500 You go to Detroit and, now they're going to be in uh, Elkhart Lake, Wisconsin at Road America this next weekend. It's going to be the Suncio Grand Prix of Road America presented by AMR. And live coverage starts at 12.30 p.m. Eastern on Sunday on NBC. You can also see that on the Peacock Premium channel. And the, you can listen to it on the IndyCar Radio Network. So uh, be sure and check out the IndyCar Series race if you uh, are a fan of IndyCar racing. Uh, Sunday's the the date. and. Road America is a great course, and they should have um, put on a pretty good show for the fans there, I think. Yeah, and and one uh, one other little nugget I want to throw out there to pay attention and watch for is at this race at uh, Road America, uh, two women will be running in the Indy uh, car race this weekend. Not only uh, do you have uh, Tatiana Calderon, or Calderon uh, running, but Simona de Silvestre, uh, we, we love Simona. She will be running this weekend as well. And again, she'll be running with uh, the Peretta team, Beth Peretta's team. Uh, and I, I believe they're going to be using Ed Carpenter's uh, team as well there. But if you, re- if you remember, Mike, and think back, we talked about this earlier in the year. Every now and again, and I don't think it's this weekend, but it's Simona de Silvestro who mm-hmm. driving with Peretta. It's the Peretta team that they've done the all women's team. It's a, you know, Beth Peretta owns the team and then they had the all female crew and stuff uh, in the past as well. And Simona did the driving, but Simona is, we've, we've discussed her for years. We've had her on our show. Mm-hmm. We've talked to her. She's an amazing driver. I mean, I remember a few years back when she was in a really nasty accident and I believe burned her hands pretty bad. Yeah. And wasn't that during like the week of um, or the month of Indy 500 stuff? And then she ended up still driving in the 500 with her hands just no, wrapped that, and stuff, yeah, but right. they were burnt. Yeah, yeah uh, I believe I believe I believe so. Uh, I have to go back and look that up, but um, I think it was during the it was in the month of May during the uh, around the 500 there. Yeah, she's a she's an amazing driver, and I just you know again I like to see there's you know two women there in the field. Uh, again, I love IndyCar, you know, they, uh, you know, you've, you've got several very talented women drivers, women owners, which by the way, wasn't it awesome during the 500 a couple of weeks ago when we got to see Sarah Fisher there as yeah. well, um, another very influential, uh, female driver there in the sport. So, uh, but, uh, Tatiana drives, I think for Foyt, I, I believe yeah. if I'm not mistaken, she drives for AJ Foyt. So, well, uh, someone to keep an eye out 
for this weekend. Yeah, for sure. Just something different, you know, yeah. a little sprinkle of uh, a sprinkle of some estrogen <laughs> in the race. Uh, it's always good. So. Ne- never hurts. Never, <laughs> never hurts. Hurt. Never hurts. So uh, speaking of estrogen in, in, in speed, we've got we've got estrogen and speed in the NHRA series. Oh, man, do we uh, ever. So what what do we got going on? Or what, I mean, I know we we had a pretty action packed weekend. They were in New Hampshire, weren't they? They were at New England Dragway, Dawn, and they had the uh, New England Nationals that took place. It was a sellout crowd on Sunday. They talk about good, good, good crowd. They had, they definitely had it there. And the um, uh, NHRA uh, Top Fuel Funny Car and Pro Stock cars were there. The motorcycles were were off this weekend, and they had um, ended up a pretty good race in the. Um, in the pro classes, uh, Mike Salinas ended up taking the top fuel race. Matt Hagen won funny car. And Erica Enders, um, third race in a row, she gets the uh, victory in the uh, pro stock class. And we have a little bit of audio from all three of them. So uh, first, we'll hear from Mike Salinas. This is uh, what this is. This is the the winning run in the call uh, by, by Brian Loans from Fox. All, the, all this is courtesy of Fox and, and in the NHRA that was sent to me. And Mike Salinas is going up against Justin Ashley here in the final round in top field. So here's the winning run and call in top field. Here we go. He's just doing what he has done all season long. Trying to get another win. His last coming in Charlotte at the four wides. Ashley and Salinas round out the New England Nationals. Salinas in 062. A big steering move there. And at the finish line, it's Salinas. Ashley gets the parachute out early. Salinas goes 372.9 at 330. Ashley goes 378.2 at 315. Ashley left the starting line second. He was running down the racetrack, but ultimately Salinas gets the job done. Well, Mike, we just heard from your crew chief, and he was saying how you saved it on that win. And we've seen some highlights from this weekend, and the car's been over the track. How difficult was it earning this Wally for you this weekend? We got lucky this weekend. We'll say that. Um, Al Shawini is helping me do some stuff on driving. We found something that we were doing wrong as a driver. And so he's working with me and helping me. And we're getting a little bit better. And in time, as we work through it, we'll get there. We got to keep winning. But uh, Redline Oil, Impact Fire Suits, Valley Services, Pet Boys, um, all the rest of them, Adams Pools, uh, Pleasanton Ready Mix. Uh, thank you, guys. Awesome. Love you guys. Thank you. And there you go, Don. That's uh, Mike Salinas. Now, let me tell you a little bit about Mike. Uh, they call his race team Scrappers Racing because they basically scrap everything they can together to put together uh, uh, a good car. And uh, he's from out from California. Really nice guy. Uh, the Salinas family, his kids race and everything. And he's just a down-to-earth guy. Um, gets very emotional. He broke down at the last race that he won in the media center and just broke down with tears in his eyes and everything um, just because he's tried so hard for so long um, to be successful. And finally he gets there and he's competing and getting to the finals and winning races now. And it's just uh, his backstory is just uh, a great story to be told. And, um, but what a, what a great run 330 miles an hour. It's just hard to believe that, uh, top fuel car like that can go a thousand feet and go 330 miles an hour. I just, that's what I love about the sport is and and the go down the track in 3.729 seconds. That's under four seconds. That's unbelievable how fast these cars go. 
Yeah, it's just crazy. Um, by the way, uh, we were mentioning, of course, that they were up there in, in New Hampshire. Uh, did you uh, pay attention to last week at the end of the show? Did you hear the nugget? I got to go back and listen to it. I didn't finish oh, it. No. <laughs> I'm not going to give it away. You found one? Oh, I found a dandy. Well, I'm, as soon as we're through recording this show tonight, I'm going to go call it up because I, I need to finish listening to it. <laughs> I think I need to start, you know, I've got a, a ton of merch, of merchandise and stuff that I could give away. And I'm going to start coming up with prizes and stuff to give away. And I'm going to, it'll, it'll have to do with the nugget, um, something with the nugget or something throughout the show, some trivia yeah. or something. Uh, I'm sure I can try and wrangle up some tickets at some tracks or something and uh, do oh, some yeah. different giveaways and stuff. So, um, you know, bribe oh, people yeah. to listen. <laughs> And pay attention. Exactly. You, you're, you can't win, but you need to listen and pay attention to the show. that okay. we <laughs> I just didn't get a chance to go back and listen to the end of it there. No, no. I have listened to it. I've, I always go back and listen to our shows, but download them and everything. But um, I've been pretty busy this last week. And yeah. Yeah. But I understand. But yeah, no, but, yeah, definitely. It, it was it was a little nugget there for you. Um, for right. sure. Um, so are, do, do they race this weekend or are they off this weekend? They're uh, no, they race this weekend. We got two more drivers to talk about. Oh yeah. 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 I'm yeah, sorry. We got, yeah. So let's uh, uh, no, yeah, they're off this weekend. Uh, we'll, we'll come back to that in a second. Uh, funny car, Don, Matt Hagen, the, the big guy that you want to have on the show that got branded here a few weeks ago. Uh, he took uh, on Robert Height in the um funny car finale and uh here's the winning run in the call with brian loans and fox sports on nitro funny car here we go roughly the same scenario they went through in virginia and that race ended with robert robert in the winner's circle they leave robert smokes the tires matt higgins has won a fourth nhra new england nationals 392 to 327.98 miles an hour and so much for heights undefeated record against matt Hagen. Well, if you don't think the drivers keep count, Matt Hagen jumped out of the funny car and said, finally, knowing that he had got past Robert Height, Matt, it's been eight races this season. You've had four Wallies. You are the points leader. As we head to the back, <laughs> as we head to the back half of this season, what expectations do you have? I think it's going to be a dogfight all year between Robert Hyde and us. And, uh, you know, you can't leave out Caps and Force and all those other guys out there. But and even JR, man, like, you know, it's just it's a dogfight out here. And I absolutely love it. I was so up on the wheel up there. And I was just like, come on, come on. Because, like, he's, this dude's a bad dude over here, man. He's hard to get around. And, you know, he's had our number three times. And, uh, you know, it's just I got a lot of respect for Robert Hyde and the way he drives. And what he does, he drives the same type of style I do. It's no no BS. It's a race our race cars, and that's what we did today. But Nikki Venables, Mike Knudsen, Alex Conway, and all my boys wrenching, I love you to death. I trust you in my life, and I wouldn't trade you for nobody. <laughs> there you go, Don. Got to love Matt Hagen. And he, uh, uh, Robert Height, his the opponent there in the final round, smoked the tires there off the finish line and starting the starting line there. And, um basically couldn't get the car down the track and but Matt had a great run 3.922 seconds at 327.98 miles an hour and uh just great to see Matt get the victory and uh, he's uh the points leader right now in funny car and uh Tony Stewart racing this is one of Tony Stewart's drivers because you know Tony Stewart has a drag racing team oh, this yeah. year and, and uh his wife Leah uh, uh Pruitt is uh racing and funny car and Matt's the, I mean, in top fuel and Matt's got the funny car and uh, Matt's having a great season and uh, he's making Tony uh, 
awfully awfully proud of him and happy right now. <laughs> Good, and I'm and I'm I'm probably going to take heat for saying this, but. Um... I mean that's good because Leah isn't hasn't exactly been doing yeah, very well. She's, <laughs> she's really struggled uh, this year, and uh, but she uh, she she's going to come around. I mean she um, was uh, ended up finishing sixth on the with the way they list them out. They're on their finishing positions basically. Uh, she got through a couple rounds on Sunday, but uh, just uh, couldn't put it together. But I tell you, uh, we were talking about female racers. Uh, Erica Anders, who we've been talking about all year, uh, rose to her third straight victory, defeats Aaron Stanfield in the in the final round of Pro Stock, and um, they drove that bitch back. <laughs> <laughs> she and her sister Courtney drove that bitch back to the pits. Uh, they were it's, it's a video that they shoot driving the car back, and uh, it's on uh, YouTube and their uh, Instagram page right now. So if you haven't seen it, be sure and check it out. It's pretty cool. But uh, here's the. Uh, the winning run in the call in uh, in Pro Stock from Sunday's race. Here we go. Eric is out with an 037 light. Stanfield, a slower than normal 67. And Erica Enders has done it again. 654.7, 211 miles an hour for Enders. She left first. She drives to the stripe first. She collects win number 37 in her 65th career final round. And her reign of dominance continues. Stanfield goes 655. Well, the fourth Wally of the season is going to go in the hands of Erica Enders. And Erica, this is the best start of your career ever. Four wins, six races. What makes this year different? After the way that we lost last year, that that fashion, um, just losing by a couple of rounds to Greg Anderson and him being able to sport the number one on his car this year instead of on that Melling Performance Hot Rod, you know, it just gives us a little extra motivation. I got to give a huge shout out to the race car shop back at back at our shop in, at Winniewood, uh, Chase, Logan, all the guys that work on my car, Mark. Uh, they're the ones that like dig deep and make this happen, you know, and I was thinking while I was like rushing up there to get buckled in the car, like how special is this? You look at a, a house packed with people, you see all these Fox cameras and I'm, I'm just a little kid living my dream. And uh, I got to give thanks to Melling, to Gallagher, to People East, C-Tech, C-H-E, and maybe even a little Slay Girl shout out to NGK. Woo! Yeah, they're definitely, she was definitely excited, Dawn. But get this, she she crossed the finish line in 6.547 seconds. Aaron Stanfield crossed in 6.553 seconds. I mean, that is awfully close uh you know maybe about a half a car length that's how close the margin of victory was and um four wins and six races so far for her she um is putting putting together a great you know run this year she is the points leader uh she leads um by a couple hundred points over uh no no about 100 and let's see 108 points looks like over aaron stanfield who she's just beat and um but they've got a great, you know, class in that pro stock class this year. It's really competitive. And Greg Anderson, who won the championship last year, he's only in sixth place right now. He's really struggled this year. But there's um, a couple of uh, Texas guys that are racing. Uh, Chris and, and um, Mason McGahey. And uh, Mason McGahey, they live out in, in Odessa, Texas. And Mason is fifth in the standings right now. And I mentioned uh, Matt Hagen a while ago in Funny Car. He leads the uh, – the funny car point standings over Robert Height. So uh it looks like the championship right now is kind of looking like it's gonna be a Matt Hagen, Robert Height type uh battle this year. But uh who knows with drag racing, there's still a lot of races left. You mentioned to me, are they racing um this uh, 
this weekend. And no, they're going to be off this weekend, but they are going to return to uh, action on June 17th through 19th. That's Father's Day weekend. They're going to be running at Bristol in the Thunder NHRA Thunder Valley Nationals at Bristol Dragway. And that's the drag strip that's located right there next to Bristol Speedway. Yep, and you mentioned so the 17th through the 19th. Uh, that is also the 19th is my grandson Cooper's birthday. He'll be seven oh, years old already. Wow. I can't believe that. So, Mike, it's so funny because you know how I like to I go off topic here, but it reminds. But I I try to bring it all back together. You were talking about the drive that bitch back. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> a few things that reminded me of that has to do with bitches. Um, I was driving behind this SUV the other day, and it's a dog trainer. I I guess it's called wolf trainer or wolf as in W not wolf as in the animal, but wolf W O O F. So wolf trainer, dog trainer. And on the back of their car, like the back window, it says, I'm here for the bitches. <laughs> I just died laughing. I was like, that is so awesome. Uh, uh, great. And then that also reminds me of something else. You know, do you ever look at your Facebook memories? Do you ever, Oh yeah, uh, you know how you get those and and stuff. Let me go see. I had no. Yeah, well, I posted today. I shared my memory from two years ago when I retired. Uh, I've actually been a retired teacher now for two years. <laughs> That's right. I I did see that. Well, my, we have a lot of stuff that pops up with Tracksmack too. Oh yeah, we do, and some yeah. good stuff too. Yeah. Um, well, I think it was it was yesterday. It was ten years ago that I posted this meme, and and it was a classic. I said it's still a classic. It says the only B word you should call a woman is beautiful. Bitches love to be called beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was so funny, but <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> that that's great. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. Um, well, yeah. Mike, uh, you know, again, we. It's an all road course weekend is what we talked about as yeah. far as um, uh, IndyCar and Cup Car or Cup NASCAR. Um, yeah. goes. So NASCAR, of course, at Sonoma. And we mentioned already uh, IndyCar will be at Road America. Um, and, and I guess, okay, now here's – this is what always cracks me up is it's like with the Cup Series, the trucks is with the Cup in Sonoma – but the Xfinity cars, I, I don't remember if they, they were. They were out last weekend. They were out in um, uh, at, at what Portland Raceway. Mm-hmm. And then I can't yeah. remember if they're off this weekend. Because I think they because, are. Okay, because then they go to Nashville, I guess, the following weekend. Yeah, yeah, I believe right. that. Yeah. So it's always and, weird, though. I'm like, why don't they just all run at the same damn track? I, I just... <laughs> You know, but you'll have one series that goes one place and then, you know, I mean, it's just weird because you would think and I know it saves money in the end, but it's like, okay, well, if they're all not going to run at the same track, then run at, you know, all three at different tracks. And I apologize for that um, going off, but no problem. uh, But anyways, Sonoma. So we've got a lot going on at Sonoma. And we mentioned now that the truck series will be there uh, at Sonoma this week. And, And the trucks haven't been at Sonoma in quite a while. Since 1998. And that's a long time. That's back when um, I was teaching at um, Highlands High School. I was, I was seven years I was, out of high school. And uh, man, I was, that was a long time. I was covering NASCAR races, the NASCAR Winston Racing Series at San Antonio Speedway back then, I think. I was back, a single and, girl back then. Yeah, and Texas Motor Speedway had just opened. They opened yeah. in 97, I think. So, wow, that was, that was a long time ago. But uh, Vintage. Well, hey, <laughs> yeah. but Haley Deegan who's been running in the uh the number one truck for uh David uh Gilliland, Gilliland, whatever. Gilliland. 
for racing. Um, she uh, met had did a media availability with Ford uh, with Ford this week, and um, so I've got a little bit of audio. Uh, they uh, talked to her about uh, the first question is about her uh, aggressiveness in in the truck series. The second part here you'll see is she mentions talking about um, what it means for her to be a female driver and a role model for other girls who want to come into the sport of racing, whether it be go-karts or junior dragsters or whatever it is. Um, and then they uh, asked her about, you know, she's a California girl from the West Coast, and she did a lot of racing in the Winston West Series and everything on the West Coast. So what is it going to mean for her to race at um, Sonoma where she's raced before. So here's a few things that Haley had to say about those topics. Here we go. Yeah, it's been, it's really crazy in the truck series. I feel like there's just, there's a lot that happens during these races, a lot of chaos. And so I think that uh, it's, it's hard to avoid it. And I think that either you kind of just sometimes if you don't stand up for yourself or do what they're doing to you back, like you'll get ran over quick. Like, and it happens quick. And so I think that just from now on, and I feel like I'm trying to do more of it is just racing people, how they race me. Like someone like, for instance, Ross Chastain, when he comes down to the truck series, he races aggressive, but he does it in a respectful way. We can race each other really, really hard, but in the most respectful way where you're not just cleaning people out, but like he races, he'll race me hard and I'll race him hard back. And it's super respectful. And so I, that's what I love. Like, I really, really like that. And I think that there's some instances where like others have say there's a few drivers in the truck series. It's like the moment they get to me, it's like they try and move you and you're like, what did I do? (laughs) But uh, I think that it's just it kind of depends on who you're racing around. and You kind of have to know who you're racing around. I feel like that affects it a lot is everyone, everyone that you could be around at that moment, you have to decide like, okay, how are they going to race me? Are they going to race me with respect or am I going to get by them? And they're just going to try to wreck me the next corner. Yeah, for sure. I love seeing girls get into racing, especially from a young age. Uh, when you see little girls going around the racetrack or even coming up to me and saying, Oh, I, I started racing because of you or have their parents come up to me and say, I got my daughter into racing because she watched you race and it made her want to get to get into racing. I love that. I honestly, I, I think that's some of like my best motivation comes from that to show that like I'm inspiring younger girls to get into racing and show that it is possible. Yeah, maybe hard, but <laughs> it's possible. I'm excited. I'm really excited. I've raced at Sonoma before in the K&N series. I've qualified on the pole uh, there before and it's fun. I mean, I kind of got used to when I raced on the uh, West Coast in the K&N series driving on those tracks just had no grip, just none because they're sitting in the sun for all those years and just lacks a lot of grip. And so, uh, that's kind of what I got used to. And I feel like that's why I was pretty decent at Sonoma when we went there for the first time. And then you kind of get the luxury once you start racing on the East coast that that these tracks have a lot more grip than they do on the West coast. So, uh, I'm excited to go back though. I think I got some good notes from the years past of me going there. Obviously the trucks haven't been there since 98. So it's hard to go off notes from then. <laughs> but, uh, I think that having that little bit of experience in the West series is going to help a lot. Just firing off in practice, knowing what you want out of the truck, knowing how it kind of should feel. Um, and at least an idea of it and knowing those kind of like markers on the track. So I'm excited. And I've been using the board sim a lot and, um, trying to get some more 
laps there and Joey Han, who uh, is a road course racer has been helping me on the sim, just kind of perfecting and tweaking little things that in his opinion, as a road course racer could make me better on road courses. And there you go, Dawn. And I miss actually, I misspoke there. I said that she competed in the Winston West series. That's actually the K and N series, the, the West series there. That's how long I've been covering races. I mean, it was, had a different name back then, but um, it's great to hear her. You know, she sounds real confident. She had a really good, great media interview with uh, the media um, on the availability that they had with, again with the Ford race and put on. And um, it's, it's great to see her doing well. Uh, I, I hope she continues to, to you know prosper and and do well in the in the in the series and uh i'd like to see her move up the xfinity and cup eventually maybe and she's um pretty talented little race car driver yeah she is and it's funny too because you know again she just like others you know people got to find things to to bitch about when it comes to her and stuff but when you hear her interviews i think people forget a lot of times how young she is. And it's not till you hear her interviews and you hear that innocence in her. It's like, she -hmm. still kind of has a little girl voice a little bit. And then that her little giggle, you know, it's almost kind of like a, like a nervous giggle. You can hear a little bit. And, um, but she's a talented driver. She's very talented. Uh, I know I, I like to read and, um, catch up a lot of times. Uh, our, our good friend, Sal Sagalia Jr. I haven't had him on the show in years and we need to, but, um, Sal wrote a really nice piece about, uh, about me, really. But, and it included talking about the show years back. Uh, but he covers the West Coast and, and West Coast racing and stuff a lot. And so, so um, he he's one of the people that I always like to go and listen to or, or read uh, when it comes to, to people like Haley and, and West Coast racers because uh, he's followed them for so, so long. But, you know, she's uh, she's got a good head on her shoulders. And, and again, I mean, I think sometimes she makes some mistakes and but a lot of it is yeah. just in her age. She's just she's young. She's very young. Yeah, yeah she definitely is. And uh, but but. Good for her, and hopefully, hopefully she'll do well this weekend. And uh, so the, I believe the truck races. I think on Saturday, I got to look at the schedule. But the cup, the cup cars are there, and um, it should be a good race. On any um, predictions or anything, or what do you think? Yeah, I mean it's it's definitely. I think it's going to be a. uh, I think it's going to be a good one. What's your picks? Let's do your picks. Who you who you got for Sonoma? Well, I'm looking through the list here, and and I'm thinking about. Going with um, Chase Elliott for the for the for the win. Um, he's a great road course racer. Uh, I also like uh, my long shot is really not a long shot, but I'm going to go Kyle Larson. Okay. And then I'm going to pick for my really really long shot. I'm going to go Kyle Busch. Wow, three yeah. big ones there. Yeah, I'm going to pick three big ones and see if I have any luck. Now I did do well in the fantasy racing league. Uh, not sure. I don't. I haven't. Checked. I didn't get a chance to check how we're doing in your league. I haven't changed my lineup or anything in weeks. I haven't either. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see. We were doing pretty well there for a while, not changing our lineups. I know. (laughs) But uh, in the WFO radio standings, uh, I moved up a little bit. Finally, uh, I had a good day. I had all four drivers in the top 13, so I thought I scored a win there. And Dixie really did well. She um, moved up the and her uh, pass well she's way ahead of me right now but um we're, we're we're making some some progress there and we had a rough start and uh but it's 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 fun and <laughs> you know to see what happens does dixie watch racing with you sometimes yes okay. see she's one of these people it's just she's just lucky 
I'm telling yeah. you, she is just lucky. Yeah, uh, I need to take her gambling. I know. Yeah. Well, well, I'm going with, uh, I, I'm, I'm throwing luck out the window. No, this is some luck too. Uh, I'm going Dinger. I'm going AJ Dinger Ooh, for the win. Yeah. Um, and yeah. then my second pick would be Ryan Blaney. Uh, I'm going to yeah, go. Yeah, I thought Blaney. about picking him. And then my long shot, got to do it till he wins. So I got to put Daniel Suarez in there and uh, road course. I mean, Daniel's a good road course racer. And again, when you think of West Coast tracks, uh, you got to throw in those in there as popular uh, for Daniel's amigos. All his friends come out to the West Coast races. And also it becomes uh, that'll be fun. Remember, we used to see the said heads all the time at the road oh, yeah, courses before yeah. us. And at the road courses and the West Coast races, we tend to see Daniel's Amigos and the whole band and everything, like all of them. It's it's crazy fun. So uh, now, I look forward to seeing that. I haven't seen any. In, I have not seen any entry list yet. But I'm wondering if Boris said is going to be in the race. Um, I didn't see any entry or see him listed as well. You know, it's just it's kind of funny because we don't really have road course ringers anymore. Um, no, we used to, but I not. Mean, Dinger will do for colleague racing, you know, and he'll come in. But I mean, he also, you know, uh, he's he's one of the very few. And then and then, of course, we've got that project. What is it? What did I say? Project 91 or 60. What is it <laughs> from track? House oh, racing. yeah. Yeah. The uh, track house. Yeah. Yeah. But that doesn't start to Watkins Glen. So, yeah. Um, so that's going to be fun. But yeah, well. It's going to be a fun weekend. I love, you know, again, Sonoma is, is a, it's a great race. I like Watkins Glen better, but yeah. now with this car, who knows? I mean, I'm just excited to see it because, uh, you know, you're always going to get beaten and banging on the road course races. So uh, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. And then I, I really am interested to see the trucks racing at Sonoma. Yeah, it should be a lot of fun. And those guys are beating and banging all the time anyway. So they put on a hell of a show on any track that they're on. And so they did a great job at Coda. The trucks did. And, and so, so the cup cars. So I think we're going to see some good, good road course racing, Don. I'm excited about it and, and um, looking forward to talking about it next week. So yeah, me too. Uh, Mike, before I go, um, and I always hate closing on a sad note, but I, I have to send prayers um, out to, um, the family of, uh, a friend of mine that I went to high school with, uh, my friend Daryl Reynolds, uh, tragically mm -hmm. passed away this weekend. Mm -hmm. Um, big guy, big guy, full of life, uh, amazing smile, um, selfless as, as they come. And, um, uh, unfortunately, and he was a huge, uh, into health nut. I mean, big, okay. build, big, big like six foot tall guy, big built and him and um, several friends were out there in San Antonio at Canyon Lake. And I don't know the whole story. They were boating. Um, and, and again, you can second guess and blame and do things, you know, in hindsight, but uh, basically the story, uh, one of their friends was in the water struggling and had gone under and without even thinking about it or hesitating, Daryl jumps in. Well, Daryl does not know how to swim. Oh. And it didn't even cross his mind, though. I guess he just jumped to try to he reacted. And they ended up saving the other the other guy. But my understanding is um, Daryl immediately and I don't know if it's because he's so built, maybe, you know, the muscle and suffering that he he just he went under and came up once and they couldn't get to him. And the second time he came up, he was unconscious and they never could revive him. But 
Um, it was tragic on, and it really hit my uh, essential family. And and then not just that, but so many people that I knew that I didn't, I didn't go to high school with like Rudy J from, um, yeah. uh, you know, now Rudy's at ESPN radio there in San Antonio, but was at ticket. He knew, uh, he knew Daryl and another friend of mine, Bruce Sharkhouse who didn't go to, he knew him and that was actually there um, when it happened. So, I mean, no oh, man, that's 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 sad. That's a shame. Very man. sad. He leaves behind a wife that they've been together for like twenty something years since they were eighteen years old, and you know she was there, had to watch that and go through that stuff. Oh, so it's man. just tough. But you know, Daryl, like tough. I said, he was one of those guys that he just would put a smile on your face. Just such a sweet guy, and so, um, you know, I I I don't want to end the show on a sad note, but. I, I'd rather remember him, you know, as a happy guy. And I just want to make sure that we send love and prayers out to his family and to, and, and to all my friends and his friends um, that are, you know, struggling with this. You know, it's one of those things where, again, you start to question, uh, I've got a, he was a, a man of faith uh, and a lot of his friends are, you know, are as well. And so they, you know, they always question, you know, why, why, yeah, why, why? like him, um, and Mike, I have to tell you, I mean, if I was somebody that didn't know how to swim, I mean, I hate to say this, I would love to feel like I would be selfless, but I would, I, if I knew I didn't know, I mean, if I knew I didn't know how to swim, there's no way I'm jumping in a lake to try to save somebody. And yeah. it obviously from, from all accounts of the folks that were there, it's like people knew he didn't know how to swim, but it's like, they didn't even have time to react. He was in the water. He just jumped in immediately to react to the other person. Oh, um, and so it just, oh. um, sad, sad news, but that is sad. I hate to hear that. Yeah. So anyway, but, um, love his fa- love to his family. Yes, and, definitely. Uh, keep First, them in our prayers. Yeah. And I will also want to pass on, I shared it on Facebook and I believe on Twitter and I, I'm not sure. I, I don't know if you shared it yet or not, but our good friend, Mike Zizzo, um, shared news on our good friend Dave Chrome from Texas Motor Speedway. They have set up a GoFundMe page for him and his family. He is going through some very extensive um, radiation and chemotherapy treatment right now for the brain tumors that he had. Um, and so I went and shared the information um, but, for the GoFundMe but, stuff. And again, it's on my Facebook page and Twitter, and we'll continue to do that. Okay. Um, and so I know you'll share as well. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I didn't, I didn't, I missed that. So I'm glad you mentioned that. I'll go look for that. All right. And so, and again, prayers to Dave to continue oh, yeah. to fight this and to his family for, um, you know, a trying to keep him strong and keep, you know, keep the, the, the love and support there for him and then continue their lives, you know, trying to continue as well. I know it's, it's gotta be tough. Definitely is. Definitely is. So hang in there, Dave. Yeah. We're thinking about you. We're praying for you. Definitely are. Well, Mike, anything else going on for you this weekend? No, I'm gonna just have fun with the family and the and all the dogs we have now. So yeah, you've got like a whole daggum kennel going over there. Five dogs now, so three 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 mini Aussies and two miniature Schnauzers. So see, is this you know you and 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 Dixie's way of dealing with post retirement and empty nest? uh deal i know the kids are home i guess for the summer probably or we're but... both home for the summer and the, the daughter's got a new job at usaa and the son's um doing some summer work and getting ready to, he got the sports ed- <coughs> excuse me sports editor job on the bailey or lariat newspaper so 
he's going to start up in August and be back in, in Waco and living there in an apartment and everything. So just be Dixie and I and the dogs and uh, the dog days of summer, man. I tell you what, the heat has been horrible here. 102 Monday, 103 yesterday, 102 today. And we're talking about 108 on Saturday and Sunday here in Floresville, which is just south of San Antonio. And um, this is crazy to have this kind of heat this early in the summer. I hate to see what July and August are going to be, be yeah, like. I might not want to go to San Antonio in two weeks. It's It's been in the low 90s here. We have yeah. a couple, but we're supposed to start getting up there. Yeah, you guys have had it had it good, and uh, we're not getting any rain either. That's the thing; everything's burnt to a crisp, and uh, the drought is bad. So, uh, send some rain our way, Don. Uh, I need some here too. Um, I, we can get it here, and then I'll I'll shoo it down that uh, way. So. There you go. <laughs> All right. Well, Mike, have yourself a great week, uh, and we will touch base soon. And uh, you guys as well. Enjoy your IndyCar race and your uh, Cup car race, and we will talk with you guys next week. Have a good one. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.